Hi, and welcome back. I am Dr. Michaela Rush, an OBGYN. And I am Dr. Ann Sharkey, a podiatrist. We are friends, both female and surgeons. We like to educate and have fun. We are so glad that you've tuned in to From Tits to Toes. Let's get started. All right. So I have to say, listening back to our last podcast about the placentas, I laugh every time when I hear the squeak at the end. (laughs) That would be Charlie, my dog, who is sitting right behind me. (laughs) I love that we left that in. I tried so hard to edit it out and it didn't work. So there it is. There's a squeak. (laughs) I love it. it. We almost need a squeak at the end of all of them. Um, So I was going to ask you. So I was on Hulu watching shows and there's a series that popped up called My Feet Are Killing Me. Have you seen it? So I have not seen it, but I will tell you something really interesting about that series. <laughs> I auditioned for it. Did you really? Yes. And it's no at way. the time I didn't know that's what it was. Yeah. I don't think I had been in Texas very long. Yeah. Um, so I started here in the fall of 2017. And one day I got into the office and our manager was like, um, there's a really awkward voicemail on the on the answering machine, or, you know, the voicemail. Yeah. Like, come come listen to this. And I was, I'm like, oh my gosh, did someone leave a terrible review? Like, what is this? I, my heart kind of sank. It's yeah. like getting called to the principal's office. You're like, what's on this message? Oh. <laughs> and so I go back and I listen to it, and we all were dying of laughter. They're like, well, it was this guy. He's like from some Hollywood casting agency. And he wanted to know if I was would do this um, interview. But they didn't say what it was for. And you're just like, you know, okay. So well, a talent, talent agencies. Helpful. Right. So you're almost like, is this a joke? Am I being punked? Yeah, like, well, it's like you don't want to call back and made it full of. Yeah, exactly. Either. So I was like, okay. <laughs> but then the other part of me is like, well, who's going to... What, what is there to lose? Like, let's check this out. So I did. I emailed them back and how to do this interview. And they have all these rules. Like, you have to set your computer up on a shelf so that it's above eye level. And, like, don't wear too flashy of jewelry. And do you wear glasses? Because if you do, please don't wear them. Oh, my um, gosh. And, like, yeah. And so then they were asking all kinds of questions. And um, I guess I wasn't interesting enough. So I was not oh, on. No. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But um but yeah, so I have heard of the show. Wow. I don't I haven't actually watched an episode. Okay. Well but... I've seen some episodes okay. and wow. Like <laughs> maybe well, I need I think, to watch this. Well it's it's interesting, but I I mean they take the most extreme cases of feet yeah. and de- deformities or, you know, situations, but wow, like it's they're gonna take the most, you know, extreme <laughs> sure. ones. So I, I well, was that was fascinated. part of my hesitation uh, when we when I was talking to this guy and he would ask me about the kind of patients I'm like, well I see just generally pretty normal people. Yeah. Like they were really fishing for a practice that saw some extreme pathology and I just yeah. in a suburban practice that's not in a metropolitan medical yeah, it's, center, it's hard to get yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna see all, all those things every day. I no. think you're gonna have to be in a more of a cosmetic kind of field or some a yeah. large group or something where you're going to have those referrals for the really extreme cases. Yeah. yeah I love that you saw that. That's yeah. Awesome. No, I <laughs> totally thought of you. I was like, there's a whole show about podiatrists and their feet and there's some really gross like feet. Yeah. On there. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> Dr. Crazy Pimple surgeries. Popper of podiatry. Yes. That's, no, yeah. it, it's exactly what it is. It's really extreme cases of really crazy feet and yeah, it's pretty entertaining. So if anybody <laughs> wants to watch crazy feet, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> let's see. So today is New Year's Day. What have you done this weekend? 
No. Is it the weekend? It's not even it's not the even weekend. Not even it's the Friday. Weekend. It's what Friday. did you do on New Year's Eve? Yeah. So for New Year's Eve, we were with the kids and the kids were wanting to stay up to midnight. So it was just my husband and I trying to keep the kids up to midnight, which is really hard because I don't even stay up to midnight. So uh, we decided to have make cookies and popcorn and get in the hot tub and the kids were doing polar plunges and then jumping back in the hot tub and then we went back in and we figured what movie can we watch that would kill the most time and get us through to midnight okay so we started star wars oh and yeah okay i've never actually watched star wars in my whole life no Okay, now we're gonna. Have so, is to it a long movie? Well, there's a lot of them, but they're okay. all pretty long sure. in themselves. So, uh, but the kids love Mandalorian. So, okay. now that they have that Mandalorian, they love, have the background knowledge. Yes, they. In, okay. What's interesting is now watching it after watching Mandalorian, a lot of them, a lot of the places were the same, and okay. a lot of the characters are yeah. crossing over. So it was really neat. So we uh, we went ahead and we watched Star Wars, and now they're they have a love of Star Wars, so it's great. You've been indoctrinated. You're yes. Stuck. So now yeah. they love Star Wars. So now we're going to continue this series. I think we'll probably watch more this weekend. So okay, that'll fine. be good. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What did y'all do? Did y'all do anything fun? And, um, well, we did have fun. Um, it was really relaxing, and my husband and I were at home, and we didn't want to cook anything, and we weren't going out to dinner, so we're like, okay, we're gonna eat leftovers. So I had leftover spinach artichoke dip and Brussels sprouts mm. with a Moscow mule. It was very eclectic, but it was fun. <laughs> Sounds great. I know, right? Um, so it was maybe the oddest New Year's that's ever existed, but it was still relaxing. So I have to ask you, I noticed that you posted a picture of your New Year's Eve dinner. Tell me about this. I don't I don't understand the, the uh, black-eyed peas and the cabbage. Is there significance to that? Do you not eat that? No. What? No. Okay, so <laughs> I thought everybody eats that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking as I saw some posts from other friends um, that this may be a southern trend that's not embraced up north. So. Yeah, how funny. So I learned it as it's it gives good luck. So okay. the black eyed peas are supposed to be for good luck or for health. And then we do cabbage. Some people do greens, uh, but we do cabbage, which is supposed to be for wealth or uh, good luck with money or something. So I think the green is supposed to symbolize green paper money. Um, And then we also do cornbread as a tradition. And my family, my mother always made sausage with it as well. However, today we made ham with the black eyed peas and we had our cabbage and we had our cornbread but yeah okay. I thought everybody did no that, I well not. so now I need to make this a thing I think we're gonna it's have to embrace luck. this yes and do this good luck dinner yes. next year I feel like everybody needs to eat all of those things this year for 2021 because we need a better year we need all that we can get for 2021 <laughs> I'll make it today year. I'll go home and make it today you have to New go to the store day. see if there's any black eyed peas left yeah, yeah. I'm sure the the stores are probably out of everything but I did have Brussels sprouts so those are green so I, green. I got some greens that last may night. count yeah. have a new tradition here we go <laughs> Brussels, Brussels sprouts <laughs> oh, oh no. my goodness Oy. all right we're moving on let's get into our topic We're going to chat all about pedicures, one of my favorite things to do. Yes. So today I'm going to share some fun facts and pitfalls of pedicures. All right. Let's do it. All right, now on to pedicures. This one's I'm actually kind of excited about. Well, obviously because I like pedicures and I get them all the time. I just did my fingernails today before I 
started recording this, so they're still drying at this moment. But um, I'm very fascinated about pedicures, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. So, All right. Tell me. Yeah. So definitely um, this is a question I get a lot in the office, kind of multifaceted one. Like do people will ask me, do you, do you get pedicures at salons and, um, and then tip for making sure that pedicures are safe? So I think we'll start with, um, tips for pedicure safety. Okay. And this can encompass whether you're doing pedicures on your own at home or tips for finding a safe pedicure salon experience. The answer to the question of whether I get pedicures is, Yes, I do. I'm pretty selective about which salons I'll go to and I kind of scope them out a little bit before or as it, especially since I've moved to Austin, I've scoped out <laughs> the ones that I like. Mm-hmm. Um and then I have several that I recommend to patients which I'll talk about that at the end. But um we'll start with tips for pedicure safety. So first you want to if you're doing this at home, you want to soak your feet in some warm soapy water for about 10 minutes or so to soften the skin. Um, Softer skin makes it easier to remove the superficial layers of dead skin or the calluses. It's harder to do that when the skin is dry. Um, And then when you are exfoliating or removing the dry skin, you want to use an emery board or a pumice stone or like an exfoliating sugar scrub. There's also some really great exfoliating sprays and, um, I'm going to let you in on a little secret product that I've discovered since COVID that has been like life-changing in getting rid of that dry (laughs) skin around your heels. Basically, the one thing I will tell patients to avoid at all costs is what I call like the cheese grater thing. Uh, Yeah, but that's what works the best. So the cheese grater or foot file, places we'll call it, I have to say, so I have found one on Amazon that is safe and will not cut you. And I am a hundred percent for that at home. If you're the only person using it and you're not diabetic and you don't have peripheral vascular disease. However, I have a very high suspicion that salons that are using these are not cleaning them appropriately. And please never let someone at a salon use one of those on your feet because it kind of grosses me out. <laughs> I'm like all the all the skin cells that are probably hanging out in there from all the other people that they use that on. So really like tip number one, you want to remove the dead dry skin on your feet, soaking in warm soapy water at home, using some kind of exfoliating scrub. Um, The exfoliating spray that I love is called Sex Appeal and it's um, from the line of Skin Prep Products by Sonia Roselli. And we're going to put a post on our Instagram page about this. I'm going to do a little video showing about you spray it on, you rub in a circle, and like your dead skin just flakes off. And she's been gracious enough to give our listeners a code for 20% off. So we'll definitely post that and you can see. um, But I I can't speak highly enough about that product. That's been, it's been amazing. And then um, the second most important thing is do not cut your cuticles. So don't let anyone cut your cuticles. You don't cut your cuticles. Mm-hmm. Think of your cuticles like weather stripping for your nails. So they're your protective barrier. So that's what prevents fungus from getting underneath of your nail or from bacterial infection getting in. And the more that you're having it either cut in the salon or cutting it at home, you're really removing that protection and the bacteria can enter more easily. 
So I definitely, um, on myself, and I recommend to patients, like you can use an orange stick or a cuticle pusher and push your cuticles back. You don't want to do this super often or it can thicken the cuticles, but you can do that. Um, and then cuticle oil will keep them nice and soft and healthy. You want to avoid having your nails cut too short or cutting them too short on your own. A lot of times we'll see patients in the office who try to cut their nails too short and that can result in ingrown toenails. If you're going to go into the salon, um, you know, everyone thinks that, oh, I'm going to go to the salon. It's going to be relaxing. I'm going to get this leg massage. You don't want to have hairy legs when you go because like they're going to, you don't want, right? You, like it's not comfortable. That's like the only um, time I shave my legs is when I'm going to go get a pedicure. Let's be honest. Right. Well, so there's there's a recommendation that you really should wait until after to shave your legs because if you shave, then you open up all these little pores or perforations in your skin that, again, are another way for bacteria to enter. And especially at the salons when you're soaking in the questionable whirlpool <laughs> tubs of germs. You're never going to want to get a pedicure yeah. again. What? I'm sorry. What if you shave <laughs> the day before the pedicure? So that yeah, that's probably okay. You don't have any fresh cuts um, or anything. One or two days before, I kind of let everything seal up again afterwards. So, so that's definitely no go on shaving your legs the day of. I think one of the best things to look for is a salon that's doing waterless pedicures. So, one of two things: the the actual basins. You know, you go into these salons, you walk in, and they have those wonderful massage chairs, and it's connected to the foot pool thing and they have the little whirlpools. And I just like think of what's collecting in the actual whirlpool jet because they can put the liners in the tub and they usually do and they can change out the water. But the jets that's recirculating the water, there's no way for them to clean those. It's like the old school whirlpool tubs Mm -hmm. in hotels. Like you're not going in that tub. That's that's gross. Yeah. So you probably want to do it at the at the nail salon. So you'll see there's two the more salons that are more eco and infection conscious will have portable basins that sometimes they'll have a hose and they'll fill them up, but it's literally like just an old school wash basin that you might soak in. Those are okay because those are cleaned out all the time. Or the big trend now is what's called waterless pedicures. And a waterless pedicure is beneficial for multiple reasons. So saves tons of gallons of water. So those mm-hmm. who are eco-conscious really push for this. Um, it avoids the risk of bacterial infections or fungal infections from circulating through all the piping that's hard to get clean. And your manicure or pedicure will last longer because when you soak your nails in the water bath, the nails swell with water. So they think think of your skin and your nails like a sponge. You put a sponge in water and it absorbs all the water and it becomes puffy. Yeah. And then as the sponge dries, it contracts. So if we soak our feet in the tub, get the treatment, then they paint it. When you go home and your feet are drying, the nails are contracting and the polish is going to flake off faster. Mm-hmm. Versus if they do a pedicure with hot steam towels, you still get all the relaxing services. So they'll usually use a hot steam towel. They'll put that on your legs and on your feet. It will open the pores, allow the moisturizing lotions to sink in, but your nails aren't going to swell with all of that fluid. Yeah. So there's a benefit to, the, to that waterless pedicure. So what what is your opinion, speaking of water, the fishy pedicures, <laughs> when you put your feet in those bins and all those little feet sure. come and they like Take off all the dead skin cells off your feet or whatever. They usually have in other countries. Um, yeah, but I have I've done it before in Mexico, I think, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, when they're on vacation. 
so I've never tried it. Um, I would think it, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I can't say I'd, I've never done a whole lot of research into it, but maybe it's safer than than the. It's not a cheese grater, so I mean. Right. I mean, the fish are clean. It's sort of like when we use leeches in medical therapy or maggots. Yeah. So honestly, it's probably it's probably quite sanitary. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't really think that I would have too much against it. I'm like not a fish person. I don't like when fish touch me in the lake. So I don't want any fish touching my feet in the salon. But yeah, um, it's probably yeah, it's probably not unsanitary at all. Yeah. To be frank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've yeah. done that one before. So. It just tickles more than anything, but. Have you done it? Yeah. In Mexico. Okay. Yeah. It was fine. Do your feet feel really smooth afterwards? Yeah. I mean, they did it pretty good. It Honestly, this is such a weird topic, but I think it depends on how hungry they are. I don't know. I feel like some of them, like they rotate you in different tubs. Depends if you're early on in the day or not, yeah. how much dead skin they eat. Well, I think they rotate you into different tubs, but some of them are more active than others. And I feel like the more active ones, like if they're hungry, they're going to eat all those skin cells up okay. more. I don't know. That's my <laughs> theory from my observation only from uh, my pedicure in Mexico. <laughs> right, right. My non-scientific observations of this are exactly. that some are better than others. Okay. <laughs> right. I did want to talk a little bit about discolored nails. And if you have like yellowish discoloration or thickening of your nails, or you notice like um, white chalky debris on the tops of your nails, you really don't want to put polish over that. So that's could be signs of fungal infections. Um, Nails can discolor naturally to a yellow discoloration if there's just polish on them constantly. So we'll get a lot of patients coming into the office, maybe for nail discoloration on its own, or maybe for something else. And they'll ask about nail discoloration. My first question is always, do you wear nail polish constantly? And if the answer to that is yes, my recommendation is usually, okay, let's just take a break for a week or two and monitor because a lot of times it will resolve on its own. And it's just that the nail polish is occlusive, so it doesn't allow oxygen to get into the nail plate, so we'll see discoloration. But on the flip side, the discoloration can be early nail fungus or... If it's that white discoloration, the start of a superficial fungus. And so we want to start to treat that right away because the longer nail fungus is left mm-hmm. untreated, it can get worse, it can spread to other nails, and it can take a really long time to treat. So never apply nail polish over a discolored nail unless you're sure you know what it is. Um, and if you're uncertain, definitely head to a podiatrist's office to get that checked out um, because we want to take a look and see in more serious cases, if there can actually be incidences of melanoma under the nail plate. So regardless of what it is, if you question it or you notice a change, then yeah. you want to head in and we'll, we'll take a look at it. Another way to be really safe when going to the salon and getting a pedicure is to bring your own nail polish and your own instruments or questioning the salon on what their sterilization procedures are. So a lot of times you'll see them peel open the peel packs. Yeah. And I'm sure in your office, you have a sterilizer and you know what goes into sterilization. And so I always question whether they're actually sterilized or if they're just in the peel pack stuck together and it's more of a production yeah. of opening them up. I've always wondered that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, or they could be soaked in barbicide and that's that blue liquid that you'll see often at the hair salon where all the combs are in. So that's a, that's a really good disinfectant and that could be okay too. So you either want to be really certain of the disinfecting practices that are happening at the salon where you go to, or on the safest is to bring your own instruments and nail polish. For me, I like to bring my own nail polish just because if someone has a nail fungus and they brush 
their nails with that. And then they put that brush back in the bottle. Well, then the bottle's really contaminated because they're not yeah. using a new, yeah. a different nail brush for everybody. Um, so, so that's another way to enjoy a pedicure, mm-hmm. but be safe, be safe when doing it. Man, I used to really love pedicures, but now I'm going to be questioning I'm sorry, everything. I- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've ruined it for you and all of our listeners. So if you're local to Austin, though, there is one salon that I know of for sure that does the waterless pedicures and they have really super clean standards and it's called Lacquer and they have a downtown location and a domain location. And I've been and I love it. Oh, cool. I'll have to go check that one out. Yeah, (laughs) definitely worth a a field trip. We love reading and answering your questions. Sonia wrote in asking how to know if a salon is following good sanitary practices. Thank you for that question, Sonia. We touched on some of these in the episode, but here are my top tips when scoping out a new salon for that next pedicure. Before going, research what kind of pedicures the salon performs. Are they using jetted soaking tubs, soaking tubs without plumbing, or waterless pedicures. Any method of soaking that involves jets, filters, and or pipes has the possibility of harboring potential infection-causing bacteria. When you schedule, ask the salon about their sterilization techniques. Instruments should be sterilized in an autoclave. When you are at the salon, you want to see them open instruments from sealed packs in front of you. The same goes for pumice stones, emery boards, orange sticks, and buffing sponges. You should see that these products are being opened from sealed packages and then thrown out after use. Nail technicians should never be using knives or razor blades on your skin. And as we talked about, steer clear of the cheese grater-like devices at the salon. Bringing your own nail polish or finding a nail salon that uses disposable brushes is the best way to prevent nail infections and transfer of bacteria and fungus. Check out the overall cleanliness of the salon. The best way to do this is to head straight to the bathroom upon arrival. A well-kept bathroom is a sign of a salon that values cleanliness. And lastly, if you walk in and are overwhelmed by fumes, head straight for the door. Fumes are generated by cancer-causing chemicals, and if they aren't being properly ventilated, then you don't want to be hanging out there. And that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. We have been loving all the feedback and the questions that we're receiving, so keep them coming. Don't forget, if you want to leave a voice message, just go to anchor.fm, find our podcast, and click on Message you may even hear your question on the show. And remember to subscribe so you'll be the first to know every time we release a new episode. We would be so grateful if you would take the time to rate and review our podcast. Your rating and reviews help others to find our show. We also encourage you to send in any funny stories you may have about an experience at the doctor's office or with surgery. We love a good laugh, so you can email us at titstotoespodcast at gmail.com or you can message us on Instagram at fromtitstotoes. And remember, keep your tits up and your toes down. <laughs>